okay, I'm wearing my leather. I've got my tattoos out. We're sitting at the round table. Paul's got his gavel in hand. Welcome to the 421 MC Podcast Edition. Yeah. I'm Jimmy. I'm here with Paul and Ryan. How are you guys hey, going? Hey, do- uh, I'm good. You? you can speak on my behalf as well. I will. Ryan is okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's had Excellent. better days. Smooth as Paul. Smooth as things. <laughs> so today we've got an interview with Tim Robinson from um, CMC, Christian Brotherhood CMC. Yeah, is no, what no, I meant no, to no. say. Brotherhood CMC. Wow. Yeah. No, lucky I didn't do the interview. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, it's super interesting. So look forward to that. But we're mainly going to be talking about stereotypes and the way that people, um, or do people judge people because of the way they look. And specifically when we talk about bikers, what kind of stuff comes into your heads straight away? What are you guys thinking about? Uh, the music playing in the background, so it's got to be Sons of Anarchy, right? Yeah. Yes. That's I where I get so all of my all of my you know biker knowledge. Yeah, same. I watch so much Sons of Anarchy, and I feel like it's all true. Yeah, I, I binge-watched the last seven seasons just for this episode. Good, <laughs> good preparation good. work, man. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I do my research. Actually, speaking of doing research, I, I, in the interview, I, I noticed that Paul asked if a particular show that Tim is producing is out yet. And he yes. said, he said, uh, yeah, we, yeah, season four just aired. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah, that's, that's some, like, okay, good. That's some good, good. That's some good research work there, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't watched it actually. Other than we recorded the interview a while ago. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I got, I got a, I got a bit of a bike, biker story. If Go you guys are interested, it. hit us with it. it. Yeah. Well, when I was younger, um, where the house I grew up in, uh, two doors down was an actual, um, actual clubhouse for a particular Sydney um, biker gang, right. or biker club. So I shouldn't say. Well, th- do they was work- it a club or a gang? I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. Um, if the cops raid gang. their house, it's, it's a gang. gang. Okay, okay, it's a gang. <laughs> but but let, let me tell you all about. Is that, how- is that right? <laughs> Feels me- like it's right. Let me tell you all about how this how this gang worked or club worked. Like if you're at a chess club, <laughs> the cops don't. <laughs> Cops don't come, right? But if you're in a chess gang, uh, you're like, you're like laundering up. money. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the difference. Uh, anyway, your story. Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So as I was saying, two doors down, there was a motorcycle clubhouse there, and um, I was just a little little kid, right? So I'm I'm pretty young, and um, yeah, I was I was kind of scared growing up. Mm. I mean, I'm talking about like fifty Harleys revving in the front yard at three in the morning. Oh. And then one by one, just like taking off down the street. So it's super loud. Yeah. I mean, these are big guys with big beards right. and jackets. That's yeah, kind of scary for- For all for you a, know, they might have been the nicest guys in well, the yeah, world. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I, I really don't know. All I know is that there was a lot of big, hairy dudes with big bikes. Right. Yeah. They probably played a bit of chess as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I guess I was just judging them based on the way they look. I mean, right. I, was, I was really little, so I didn't really know too much yeah. about it. Actually, my neighbor a couple of times, she used to call in na- noise complaints. And uh, one time she just took herself off to the police station and said, can I stay here tonight then? <laughs> <laughs> Not sure what was going on there. Yeah. I don't think they offer that service. <laughs> but I think a part of the reason why, you know, you are, I don't know, judging them based on the way they look or the mm. way, they, the, you know, the bikes they ride or anything like that is, is purely based on what we get fed from the media. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's exactly, you know. It's whatever they tell us. It's whatever we get fed through them. So if there's a you know a bikey fight or something yeah. like that, well, then all that's the media around motorcycles is pretty negative, right? I mean, right. we've got these new laws that are coming in in Queensland, and um, I don't know. There's like we said, Sons of Anarchy and Underbelly, and there's all these shows talking about uh, really just kind of making biker biker clubs clubs synonymous with crime, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So um, so what do you guys think about you know? 
you met Tim Robinson for the first time when um, you did the interview. Paul, know, Paul knows him a, a bit better, but um, what did you think of him when the first time you saw him? There's this guy with his tattoos, his big Harley leathers. Well, tell me what you thought. Well, that's exactly right. You know, you see this this guy. He's got a nice big beard. He's got tattoos all over him. You know, including his knuckles on his, all over his arms. Mm. He's wearing his leathers. He's got his patches on. So you know, this guy's legit. Mm. He just looked like a hard man. Yeah, that's yeah. the best way I think way I can describe it. I've noticed your beard is more extreme since um, we did the interview with Tim. Is there is that correlation? Or I, I got a good shout out from Tim actually about this beard. He was, <laughs> yeah. he, was he was impressed. Yeah, he was impressed. Nice, so nice. It's, it's coming along. Actually, Jimmy referred to um, to your beard um, as something that's escalated, <laughs> escalated quickly. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's only been a couple of days since I've seen you, but. Um, yeah, I just saw you being and thought, well, that's, that's escalated quickly. <laughs> just like any sort of problem. Yes. <laughs> yes. The only thing that escalates quickly is problems. Is that, right. what say, is that what you say? So, um, so you saw Tim and thought he was a bit of a hard guy. And, yeah. And obviously then you got to know him and talk to him. I, I, I know that today when we had a chat, you said, oh, he's a really nice guy. He's a good guy. Mm. Um, well, what do we think about, do, in general, and let's get more specific to where we're from and where we are in the hills, do, do we, are we guilty of judging people because of the way they look? I reckon I try not to judge people, but I know I judge people yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like, when, like for example, like let's say you meet someone with um, Adidas pants with two stripes going down the leg and, <laughs> a, and a bum bag over his shoulder. Yep. You assume he's on parole. <laughs> right? <laughs> you, you, I mean, you, you're the one telling the story. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I mean, as much as we try not to, yeah. you... It's difficult not to as well because straight away when you see uh, someone from a particular background or um, whatever it might be, yeah. um, it's hard to not associate them with experiences that either you've, you've, you've had yourself or maybe experiences that you've been told about that yeah. maybe were embellished. Um, I think, I think in, in some ways you do have to kind of judge people to a certain extent. So like I, I sit on interview panels and, you know, for people for applying for jobs and if they show up in – not you know in their their attire's not, not you know, dressed properly. If they've yeah. got a, a you know a lip ring while yeah. they're you know having an interview for a professional job, mm. you sort of think, what sort of image are you portraying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you're at a, when you're at a job interview, I exactly. guess the, the kind yeah. of funny thing about that is they they might actually be the best person for the job, yeah. but um, but you're sort of suggesting that if to have the right attitude to be the best person for that job, they might think about those kind of things before they enter. To like, the interview. I think, I think you 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 know you do judge people, and it's it's that's natural. It's yeah. what we do. I but, think tattoos are one thing that a lot of people get judged on. Well, yeah, yeah. As as Christians, are we are we kind of a bit worse at that? Are we is that more prevalent for us, or are we better at it? Are we more accepting, or are we just the same as the rest of society? Where do you think we kind of tie in as Christians? I, I don't think we're any better at it. No, you'd like to hope that we're better, but honestly, in reality, we're not. We're probably, if in fact, a little bit worse off because mm. we we have that yardstick that we like to put up against we're other b- people. We're a bit more hypersensitive to things around us, I think, because we're aware of uh, the way Jesus in- intends us to live. So uh, maybe we're a bit too hypersensitive to what's happening around us. But then does physical appearance come into that, really? Well, yeah, exactly right. You know, it does, it, does it matter what you wear when you, mm. you know, walking down the street, really? Yeah. Does that really matter to a does person's it, personality? Got tattoos or piercings or... Exactly right. So, I mean, I, I saw Tim and I looked at him and I'm like, man, this guy looks like a pretty hard guy. But yeah. you talk to him and he's just a nice guy. He's yeah, just a yeah. normal down-to-earth sort of a Christian guy who's just like anyone else. It just the physical appearance is different from my own. All right, well, let's hear from um, the man himself, Tim Robinson, from the Brotherhood CMC. 
All right, here we are with Tim Robinson from the Brotherhood CMC Motorcycle Club. Tim, thanks for joining us. No worries, good to be here, mate. Thank you. I think uh, I think it's a little bit defunct there. Um, the MC is Motorcycle Club, so it's like CMC. Oh, right. Motorcycle Club is just oh, it's like doubling like up on there. Watch your pin number, number, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. like ATM machine. Right. Okay. Um, well, look, uh, if you can forgive us for that, Tim, then what is the C, what does the C stand for? The C stands for Christian. What is Brotherhood? What do you guys What do you guys do? Yeah, sure. Well, Brotherhood is basically just a Christian motorcycle club. So what that means is we're a bunch of guys that like riding bikes. Yeah. Um, mostly Harleys. Well. We all have Harleys at the moment, yeah. so mostly Harleys. Um, what if someone comes in with a Yamaha? Yamaha Harley, we can, uh, uh. We, you know, look, we do actually have a constitution that has rules about right. oh, wow. know, being um, culturally relevant and what you can ride. Well, I mean, like scooters are becoming more and more relevant in Sydney. So, yeah, I'm not so. sure. Uh, yeah, at any time soon we'll have scooters. Well, I mean, you can get those uber big scooters, but yeah, yeah. I don't know they're culturally that relevant right. to the, <laughs> to the diff- bikes. It's a different and, culture. And that's, that's the way you get around sort of saying, yeah, you can't be in our club. We'd love you and all as a Christian brother, but <laughs> you can't be in our club yeah, because absolutely. you're not relevant. <laughs> but I painted a skull on it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. How about we go through some of the terminology so so we understand sure. uh, what, what biker culture is. We'll start it with biker, bikey. That's obviously. Yeah. Bi means a- two. <laughs> In this situation, bikey actually the term I think was kind of created by the media at some point, and it was kind of like a um, you know like a a, um, a bad term to say the bikies, you know the bikey, mm. the bikey gangs, and all this kind of stuff. There's there's no club that would call themselves bikies. Mm. And there's no club that would call themselves a gang. Yeah. So that terminology is kind of out. We'll uh, we'll we'll leave that at the door because so, yeah, it's kind of an offensive term, really. It's an offensive. Yeah, it's term. a slur. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah. we'll steer clear of that one, hopefully. So what's a patch yeah. all about? A patch. Uh, a patch would identify um, a club uh, member. So you know you've got. Um, it's basically just the the bit of material that's stuck on on the back of your vest um, that identifies what club you're from. Yeah, yeah. So you've obviously got patches on 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 your Indeed. jacket that you're wearing at the moment. It's so a cut, it's, man. It's, it's called a cut. Oh, Is that right? I'm, yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. You've been I'm, watching, not up, I'm not up on the Sons you've, of Anarchy. You've been watching Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah man. that's five seasons of Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> so so tell us about your patch. Okay, so we've got what's called a three piece patch. So yep. you've got a, a top rocker, a bottom rocker, and a center piece. Cool. So up top at identifies the name of the club, so Brotherhood. Yep. Down the bottom, it identifies what chapter we're from, which is uh, Sydney. Yep. We only actually have one chapter. Uh, Sydney, and then uh, our, our centre patch um, kind of just says a little bit about um, what the club's about, and we've got uh, we've got a Jesus fish on there and a cross, and, you know, it kind of just represents... You, you can't... I don't think you could look at it and go, oh, you know, oh, are these guys Christians? Because it's pretty obvious. Pretty yeah. obvious from yeah. the symbolism. Which, symbolism. which is kind of, kind of interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of biker... Uh, patches would be very in your face, and so is mm. yours as well. You know, it's mm. very clear. It's very mm. in your face. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, look, yeah, I think. Um, I mean, there's a lot of co- types of clubs. You know, you've got um, military clubs, and you know, even police clubs and emergency services. SES has a club. There's there's pretty much a club for everyone, even old fellas. You know, there's a Ulysses Club. Yeah, who has on their patch? It's their their motto is "Grow old disgracefully." Yeah. So. <laughs> Which I think is great. There's obviously a few Christian motorcycle clubs 
mm. around. Mm. So, what are some of those ones that are that are around? And what's the differences between them? I guess. Well, yeah, there's there's yeah, there is quite a number um, of clubs. We recently had a, a Christian club conference, so that happens every three years. So, uh, a bunch of dudes get together, and um, you know, we we talk about the culture and fitting in, how we fit into the culture, how we be relevant, um, how we. Um, as Christians, kind of keep our faith as well and encourage each other in that. And, and then we talk about other issues that are going on uh, in, in the scene. But, yeah, look, there's a number. I mean, you, you would have probably heard of, of clubs like uh, God Squad. Um, yeah. Yep. And, um, yeah, there's there's a number of clubs that have been around uh, about the same amount of time as us. We've been around for, for 36 years, I believe, now. Wow. Um, yeah, the squad and um, there's, there's others that have that have been around for quite a while as well. Um, generally, you don't see too many new clubs coming in. Um, yeah, I mean, but there's plenty of, of clubs. You know, if someone wants to join a club, there's a club for you. Is, <laughs> there, is there any movement around um, growing the brotherhood to, out, out to different cities or is, it, is, is the plan to keep it within Sydney and keep it on the one chapter? We have a fairly specific kind of ministry and I think for what we're doing, um, we're very different to other clubs. But I could never see us really particularly growing all that big or even going into state, or at least that's not on the agenda for mm. any time soon. I right. think, yeah, that, I mean, th- things can always change, but at this stage, it's, it's just not, it's not really our focus. And our focus is on um, the Western, you know, Western Sydney and that kind of thing. Okay, so what what is the main focus then um, of the Brotherhood MC? The mission, the mission of it, I the guess. The mission, yeah. sure. Well, I mean, basically, we're just there to live out our faith and um, just to be a living testament to um, who Jesus is to us, and basically, mm-hmm. and do that in in a scene that that doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of um, Christian influence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, there there is, but you know what? Like, we kind of live the lifestyle in that we love bikes and and we relate. Um, to other dudes in that kind of scene as well. So really, we're, we're definitely not there to Bible bash. We're there to kind of encourage people and, um, yeah, and, and then that's kind of why we're there. Really just we're there for, for people when just to be mates and, we, yeah. and we're kind of – we would be mates anyway, but it's mm. um, it, it just gives us an opportunity to talk to people about Jesus. Yeah. Absolutely. It gives you, I guess, a relevance, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you, you do have interactions with other motorcycle clubs. Um, what clubs do you interact with uh, or how do you interact with those other clubs probably is a better question. I, I guess for us um, – there's, there's two ways we kind of do that. Well, we, we put on events. Um, annually, we put on a, a Civil Water Motor Festival, um, which has been running for 21 years now, mm. um, which we just had um, earlier this year, and we had about 1,400 people um, mm. come along to that. Um, as part of that, we had have a number of social clubs and, and, and other clubs that come along and get involved. Um, yeah. Pretty much a, a number of them have been there for years, and others we kind of get kind of coming in and... So, so we do events where that's relevant to people. People come along. We have a bit of a party. You know, we have a bike comp and, yeah. you know, stands and music and um, that kind of thing. So, uh, and the other, I guess the other way is that we go, we're involved um, in, in other things that are going on. So, um, just recently we were on a um, an Anzac Day ride. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and you know so so we we go and, and get involved with what, what other clubs are doing and yeah. we are making friends with people and so we're socially hanging out with people as well and yeah and we're available you yeah know, yeah as you would for any friend you know you're available to them so yeah. talk me through some experiences that you might have had or that the club might have had where you have had interactions with people from other clubs and that has led to um or do you have any examples of, of how that might have led to spreading of the gospel well you know, I mean, I think in any kind of subculture, you know, you, you basically just have to be obedient to what Jesus has told you to do, mm. and that's to love people and, and also, um, you know, share the gospel as well. So you sow seeds wherever you go, and it's not it's not all the time that you actually see the fruit of that, Yeah, but that's not to say that there, mm. there's been plenty of fruit. And I, I've seen fruit come from the club um, that has been um, stuff that was planted Years right. ago, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, because the club's so old, and I'm I'm a, a newcomer to it, yeah. Relatively, um, you know, uh, I think you know just to get really get to know people, I think that um, you you do have to put in kind of the long term. So it's really an investment. It is absolutely. Yeah, and I suppose that investment that's been made over the 36 years is from some of the senior members, mm. uh, which has built up, I guess, a level of respect that yeah. that um, that you guys now have. Yeah, yeah look, I mean, I, I've, in in a sense, I've, I'm kind of coming in. I've got a really, um, I'm in a position that's that's um, really good because those guys have kind of put in that that work and that hard yards, and um, you know, I've kind of come in and and I've already got a lot of that respect yeah. because of what the club is and because of um, the kinds of people that they have as members and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, for, for me, it's kind of like, yeah, it's pretty cool to be in a club mm. that's quite respected. So do you mean respected by other clubs? Yes. Okay, what about other clubs that are not Christian clubs? Because uh, I think for most people, when we think of motorcycle clubs, straight away we think of criminals. Yeah, we think that's of the 1% as the outlaw Yeah, I mean, type. that's what that's what you hear about on the radio. We don't really... Um, we don't really think about the Christian clubs out there. We don't mm. because you, I guess you're not out there not breaking s- the law or getting on, well, the media, uh, on the radio as much. Yeah. Well, I guess, look, I mean, for, from my perspective, there's not, I've never come across a club, any club that has set themselves up to be a criminal organization. Mm. Um, I mean, you find criminals in every organization, Absolutely. whether that's a club, uh, you know, motorcycle club or a football club or a church. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, know, you, you find criminals in all walks of life. So, yeah. yeah, look, I mean, yeah, what what you hear on the radio and see on TV is one thing, but I mean, personally, I've never, I haven't really seen anything other than dudes cruising around on loud motorcycles, and I guess that can be intimidating. Yeah. Um. So I think you you know you hear this and that, and then you put it together with oh, these guys that look pretty intimidating and yeah. you know i think i think people do associate and go oh criminals because that's you know i think uh, culturally that's that's where uh, you know where people think that that reminds me of a story you told me once before and uh, uh i can't remember the details but you were riding and there was a car accident in front of you oh dear <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds good then yeah so um anyway i was i was cruising down um in my old hood blacktown nice. <laughs> and um just just cruising along I'm 2148 on my, represent yeah that's it man that's it and <laughs> just just cruising down the street and i realized that i needed to get out of the lane that i was in and you know as a good motorcyclist you always turn your head to to check before you merge and, and that's what i did mm. and so i turned turned my head put my indicator on turned my head and as I turned, I saw this old fella um, in his car 
and I think he got a bit of a fright because he thought I was going to merge on top of him, and um, and he 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 uh, kind of <laughs> swerved a little bit and yeah. uh, hit one of these water-filled barriers, oh. and flipped the car. Oh, so wow. as I turned and looked over my shoulder, he hit a barrier. I felt like I was like watching some Hollywood oh. kind of blockbuster. <laughs> was when it he flipped the car? Was it like a barrel full of water? Oh, it was like one of those like you know orange then white. You know, oh, kind right, of Lego right. yeah, barriers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we, f- so we flipped the car, and oh. I just, and I just kind of like freaked out a bit. So I kind of continued on. It was like heavy traffic and stuff. But then I, I realised I was beyond the point where I couldn't turn around, and I felt really bad because I thought people are going to see this bikey. Um, mm, mm. Uh, Tim just did air quotes, but <laughs> that doesn't come across <laughs> in the podcast. Oh yeah, it's another visual. Medium. Yeah, you got to go like this. Bikey, bikey, <laughs> yes. Like hit the mic. Uh, this okay. This badass biker, yeah. Um, bearded fellow with um, you know, with with uh, colours on, on Harley, his back yeah. on a Harley, and and uh, he just made some old guy flip out. And, yeah. Um, so I thought, oh man, I can't just like flee the scene. Yeah. You know? So I actually <laughs> to turn around and go back, I had to do this big thing. And oh. by the time I I got back around, there was already ambos there. There were coppers and everything. So there was this cop on the side of the road, and I kind of just like pulled up alongside him. I said, "Mate, I got to tell you, I, th- I think I caused this accident." <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, oh, yeah. I oh, look, nah, nah, it's all good. You know, don't worry about it. Um, yeah." Oh look, you know. Oh, I'm sure you didn't do anything. You can go. And I just felt. I said, "You sure you don't want like my name or a statement or something?" He's like. I think it was his first day on the job or something. He just didn't want the house. He's a little, 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 right. little, little bit intimidated. Some, <laughs> some bikey, in inverted commas, uh, rolls up and, and confesses to a crime and he doesn't know what to do. No, it's yeah. too hard. Yeah, not too my hard. second day. No, not yeah, Second exactly. day, I'll do, uh, yeah, they'll do like uh, maybe, you know, traffic tickets. But if it's serial killer, nah. Yeah, I just too said, hard. you just didn't know what to do because he had this guy roll up and go, yeah, I caused this accident. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. A little bit different tact, but you obviously have been riding bikes for a while. Hmm. What got you into joining a motorcycle club and okay. how, and what was the process involved in getting into it? It's funny because if you asked me this question like four or five years ago, I probably would have said, oh, I've got no interest in joining a motorcycle club. From no. my memory, it was the, I think the beard just came first and then it was just a natural <laughs> progression, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, mate, takes, perhaps, saying is that's yeah. what's going to happen to me? Well, I'm, I'm just saying watch it's out. not out of the realms of possibility. <laughs> it's true. You know. You've got a healthy I mean, beard. A while so. ago, you didn't have a beard. <laughs> yes, it's true. Now you have a beard and you're hanging out with a guy in a motorcycle club I mean, it's 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 progressing. That's all I'm saying. I just better go home and check the garage. There's probably a Harley already in there. <laughs> yeah, there could be. <laughs> well, yeah, I've been riding for about oh, 17 years or so. Oh wow! Um, and and most of that time I've been on cruises. I have I've done a stint on on uh, sports bikes and whatnot, but those things will kill you. So <laughs> I decided, um, yeah, I didn't want to ride them anymore. But what happened is, uh, my day job, I'm a video producer, mm. so I do documentary and TV production, and. Um, I noticed uh, just on the media there was all this stuff going on about new laws coming in which were being dubbed anti-bikey laws and this kind of thing. And it was I was quite intrigued um, to read about a group called the UMC, which is the United Motorcycle Council, mm. um, that was a, a group of different clubs, um, outlaw military and Christian clubs that got together and they were kind of... Um, you know, round table style meeting where they would talk about how do they combat the issue and, the, you know. In Sydney or? Um, yeah, there, there's um, there's different UMCs uh, around yeah. the country, but this is, yeah, this is uh, New South Wales uh, specific. Mm. So, actually, I, I thought it was a great, a great story of, like, it's a justice story, a social justice story because 
I mean, basically, the the laws that that are coming in are, are kind of attacking a, a subculture, and and the way they're quite dangerous. The way they're coming in in mm. terms of where it could end up. So I thought this is a great story, mm-hmm. you know. And and so I we had a there was a Christian biker at the church I was at at the time, mm. and um, yeah, I spoke to him and said, look, can we can I get in there and pitch pitch a documentary and mm. and whatnot? So I went along. Um, so this was kind of my first uh, interaction really with motorcycle clubs and and you know uh, outlaw clubs and all that kind of stuff. So I, I felt a little bit intimidated because yeah. I was just this this dude rocking up um, to this event and. Uh, to this meeting, and um, yeah, was pitching my idea, and yeah, so that was yeah, that was an interesting kind of. I, I felt that intimidation, intimidation, yeah. mm. I guess, because um, I didn't know anything about the culture, mm. anything about the scene. But I mean, I think I ultimately, I think I was there for good reasons. So I thought, oh, you know, I'm not going to get bashed or anything. <laughs> <laughs> interesting that you were intimidated. Because you didn't know about it. It wasn't yeah, because yeah. of anything that anyone had done. No, absolutely. Well, you know, to be fair, um, I actually came away thinking, wow, these dudes were really nice <laughs> and they were all really kind of quite welcoming. And whilst the documentary didn't come off, and I think, okay. you know, knowing more about, you know, how the scene works now, I think it was it's just a very difficult um, mm. story to tell because mm. um, there is uh, politics involved yeah. and it's just... Yeah, I think I think the the place for that story is in the court, you know, and, yeah. and you know it went to the high court and all that kind of stuff. So whilst the um, whilst the doco didn't come off, I met uh, Greg Hurst, who um, is a member of Brotherhood, mm. and um, and he'd been talking about uh, he'd been talking for a while about doing a, a motorcycle TV show about yeah. the culture, and um, so he got my card through that meeting, and yeah, we started we actually started producing a. A TV series about motorcycling, oh, and right. that's kind of what got me got me back into into that, and got me ultimately is is what pointed me in the direction of um, joining a club. So, is like is there initiation rights or yeah. or you know a rite of passage to get in? You know, yeah, because a lot of clubs have that, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I, do you have to sneak Bibles into China before they let you in? <laughs> yeah, it's funny because um, yeah, no, we don't we don't have that. I, f- I felt like my initiation was was I was on cooking the barbecue um, <laughs> at, at our events, and so it f- felt a little bit soft in the in that regard. Right. There's a good amount of respect amongst the Brotherhood guys and. I think I got hassled more by other people because I was a nom and uh, other guys that had been around and anyone from other clubs and things. It, I think you're kind of fair game once you're a, a nom for a club. Right. So a nom is? A nom is a nominee. So, yeah, yeah. Um, a prospect. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. As you will. Yeah. There's different, I think um, different clubs have different uh, ways that they initiate um, uh, members. So, you, yeah, before you can become a full member and, and get your full patch and all that kind of thing, you actually become a nominee. And, and, and the idea of becoming a nominee is seeing if it's, if the club's the right for you mm. and if you're right for the club. Um, right. Yeah, and, and in, in other clubs, they'll they'll put you through your paces in, in other ways that I didn't have to yeah. go through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tim, tell us about the structure of the club. Uh, is there leadership? Is there hierarchy? How's it all work? I think for those listeners at home that watch Sons of Anarchy, they'll, yeah. they'll uh, see <laughs> yeah. there's a certain structure there. Where yeah, do you have got, a table with a gavel? We've got a table. There's no gavel. Oh, yeah, it, I think disappointed, it, aren't you, Paul? Yeah. Could think, you get a gavel? <laughs> I'd like a gavel. I feel like that's Although, not so hard to get. There's no one... 
I mean, there's not really anyone in our club that would wield the gavel because we don't actually have good use of wield. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't actually have a um, a hierarchy system uh, of president, vice president, oh, that okay. kind of thing. Right. So well, we have an executive model. So we have three executive members. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Vic and me, who are the only non-executive members, it's a bit rough. But, right. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I mean, essentially, I mean, I think that that means that they look after the finances and, and yeah. things like that. So, um, when it comes to um, making club decisions, we vote, but mm-hmm. it's more. But even then, if we unless um, something's unanimous, we don't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because so that's the style of club, and that's probably another reason why you know we don't have you know stacks of members yeah. is that the, the way the club operates is, mm. is um, you know, we all need, we all want to be on the same page. Everyone's got different opinions on things, mm. sure, but yeah. ultimately when we're making a decision about the philosophy of the club and, and what we're doing, we tend to be unanimous on, on, right. on those decisions. On yeah. things that would make a change. Totally, yeah. Right. Yeah. So how many members are in the club? There's five of us. All right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're only, we're only a small club, but um, I think often people will think that we're bigger because – I think we're quite involved and yeah. we get out there and do stuff. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm not that other clubs aren't doing things. Uh, yeah. Absolutely they are. But um, I think um, there's, there's there's quite a bit about the club which is which is political. Like we get involved with, um, with a lot of advocacy and, and mm. um, things like mm. that. So you, you'll often see particularly uh, Greg Hurst, he's, he's, um, he's quite politically minded and, and he, he's not afraid to get out there and talk to pollies and... And, yeah, uh, and that kind of thing, and now he's got his face on the telly with with our program and that right. kind of thing. So. so, has the program aired yet? Uh yeah, yeah. We're, oh right, yeah. We're in our um, we're in our fourth series actually. Right. Yeah. Um. Well, I, obviously, I, either you haven't <laughs> been putting it on Facebook, or I haven't been paying attention. Yeah, you're probably not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned before about the Queensland laws. What's uh, what's Brotherhood's perspective on things? What sure. is the Christian Motorcycle Club's perspective sure. on things? And as Christians, at, mm. you know, in in the Hills area, mm. what what should be our perspective on it? Yeah, well, well, what what we're talking about when people refer to the Queensland laws or the anti bikey laws or the anti rights laws, as mm. we like to call them. Um, is the the Vlad laws the I wrote this down because yeah, yeah, it's a mouthful. The yeah. Vicious Lawless Association Disestablishment Act of two thousand and thirteen, right? Mm. Which basically it kind of came in, uh, in into Parliament. It was passed in in um, at the in the Senate at, at I think two thirty in the morning, and and yeah. it just it got voted on and just got kind of basically just came out of nowhere. Right. So when everyone's too tired to disagree, yeah, they just go, yeah, 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 yeah. I want to go to bed. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, the laws basically change, you know, the laws from what you do to who you associate with. Right. Um, so, I mean, it's quite complicated. I even I read through the, the, the laws today, but it's um, if somebody is um, regarded as a criminal, there's, there's certain um, attributes there. Um, they can come under this, uh, um, they become this uh, vicious lawless associate and basically, they you can't associate with that person. If you associate with them in groups of three or more, then um, you get put in lockup for a minimum of six months wow. without a trial. So, does that mean um, what? Like in a practical sense, and maybe this is a ridiculous example, but let's say the three of you live near each other, and you probably do if you're in the same club or family or whatever. What happens if you all just by chance go to the same food court? 
and well, you happen to sit near each other, are you in? I mean, have you just broken the law? And you you might not even know the others are even in the room. Yeah, look, it's um, it's pretty dodgy. Like, and it, and there's so much. Um, there's a lot of interpretation. I think the police can interpret it a lot as well. Right. Um, but yeah, I think um, there there was a case before Christmas where. Uh, a club member and his associate and his wife went out to the pub for for dinner yeah. and they were arrested and the, his wife, they called her a club member, which she can't be a club member, right. um, and they were all put in, in prison, mm-hmm. like straight away, yeah. and she was she's a librarian. Like right. and she was put in prison and she was she's been released since, but she she spent Christmas in oh, jail. Wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, and, and she didn't have a trial. It was just it came under these new laws and she's in prison. And is it right that the, the, the big concern is not so much about the motorcycle clubs, it's the door that it opens for the police to be able to decide that other organisations that they don't particularly like are now criminal organisations and therefore you can't associate. They can declare anyone, any organisation they don't like, they can essentially put this stamp on you that you're a criminal you know, organisation. And, yeah. I mean, it, it could it could rub off onto any... Any group, even really. a church, even and, a church, and I mean that also would impact on the work and the mission that you, your club, and other mm. clubs like yours would mm. would do. So basically, if people from God's God in Queensland associated with known yeah. uh, criminals, they could come it, under this act. They would come under that act, yeah. and they could be locked up for six months, which Absolutely. which basically stops them from being able to to have that outreach program. Yeah, well, that's right, and a lot of um a lot of clubs have just had to cease operation or go underground or mm. or whatnot, and and there's a whole kind of ripple effect as well there's since then there's there's been changes um to the tattoo act and all this other stuff where, oh, yeah i saw that yeah where you can't where if you've got um ties with a with a motorcycle club then you can't work in that profession you can't and there's certain other professions you can't do as well so you've got guys that you know have been part of the motorcycle scene for for decades yeah and tattoo artists for longer and they all just who lost now their jobs. Have, who now have to close up their business <laughs> right well, you know it's mm. just it's a joke the, the 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 main problem that we have with it um is that i mean it, it's it's really a justice issue um for us because people can be targeted for who they're who they're associating with and not for what they're doing look we consider these laws are honestly are going to have a really detrimental impact on the community and i think that aspects of the laws really conflict um, with biblical principles, yeah, um, and not just that, just you know the Christian foundation of justice. Mm. Um, so look, that's why we're really passionate about yeah. it, and and we can't just stand by and and watch it happen. Look, we certainly don't um, support criminal activity, and that's and don't get don't uh, misinterpret what I'm saying. Yeah, but you know we think that the the, the system that we have in place, um, we have the laws in place to actually um, deal. With the people that are doing the wrong thing, mm. Mm. and the people that are doing the wrong thing within the the motorcycle community as well. So, yeah. um, the fact that these laws have come in, I I, do, I don't think they're just, and I don't think they're they're right. So that's why we stand up for 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 people. I think you sort of made a good point as well before that there's going to be bad eggs in any group in any organisation. Yeah, well that's it. I mean, yeah, there's going to be bad eggs that stand out, but at the end of the day, um, we're all bad dudes. You know, yeah. Brotherhood's a, a a group of bad dudes. We're yeah. all sinners. Yeah. Um. We all need God's grace, and 
every organization, every group, every club are made up of sinners. Every mm. church made up of sinners, you know, yeah, and yeah. we all need God's grace at the end of the day. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I think um, it's been absolutely fantastic having you sit down and, and join us on the 421 podcast. Uh, it's been great learning about you and the brotherhood and what you guys are up to. Thanks so much for joining us. Where can we go to learn about uh, what you guys are up to? Where can we see you in the community? And how we can support you. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, you could start by just Googling Brotherhood CMC and you'll find a page there and you can learn a little bit more about what we're on about and what kind of events we run. And really, you know, if you're you're a praying type, pray for us and um, pray that we can have an impact and that, um, you know, we can stay grounded. And and if you ride a bike, last Wednesday of the month, you can rock up to our clubhouse in Parramatta and uh, join us for an open meeting. Yeah. Awesome. All right, scooters and all. Yeah, well, you're, you're fi- welcome to bring your scooter. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Even my fixie? Can I bring my... Mate, you can bring your fixie. <laughs> there we go, all accepted. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Cheers, mate. Well, thanks, guys. That was a, a really interesting interview with Tim Robinson. Uh, I really like the way um, that they seem like they're really about going to places where people are at and not really... Um, it's, it's a different place to evangelize or a different place to serve other people in the community. I really like that. They would come come in contact with so many uh, people that aren't Christians, which I think is, is really encouraging. I think they just want to want to hang out with these guys and they just want to talk to them, and I think that's just brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's real. I mean, to go to where they're at rather than – I think sometimes as Christians we, keep, we invite people to church and we ask people um, to come to where we're at and to join our sort of our party, but I think we should be out there reaching them and, yeah, and going to where they are. It's just about sharing life with them, I think. Yeah, just yeah. community, doing life, uh, making friendships. And, and and it sounds like it's a really, I mean, it, it, it's such a kind of specialized kind of group of people. You know, They all ride kind of the same bikes. They all kind of look the same. They all embrace similar things about that culture. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's really good that there are Christian people out there uh, immersed in that culture and mm. part of that culture and shaping the way that that culture is is operating. You tempted now to go out and get more tattoos. Yeah. I tell you what, if I had, if I, if there was someone bankrolling it, I'd, <laughs> I'd have no skin left. That's um, the only thing left, leaving, yeah. holding you back. Yeah, no, it is really. So, like, you reckon you'd get a bike? Would you get like a scooter or something? Or would you go uh, all the way up to a Yamaha? Man, to be honest, I'm terrified of getting on a bike. I've ridden on the back of one before. Yeah, and uh, but. Yeah, and I've written on those little um, pocket bikes. I think my brother had one of them for a while, but I don't know. I just think it's just it's just terrifying. Yeah, I'd like to get one, but I feel like I'd kill myself. Ryan, did you see a whole stack of injuries when you're in the ICU? Oh, absolutely, yeah. We used to see a whole bunch of uh, motorbike accidents or even car accidents, all sorts of things, but motorbikes are the worst because you just got no protection. You're just sort of out there. I mean, mm. I think I've probably started to forget a lot of those incidents because I'm starting to be keen to get myself a bike. I reckon yeah. it'd be a lot yeah. of fun. But what I'm hearing at the moment is that we are all incredibly way too soft to be in any kind of MC. Correct. Absolutely. Like, let's get a motorbike. Yeah. No, wait, I might get hurt. Yeah, forget <laughs> let's, get, let's get more tattoos. No, wait. Uh, it might affect crime, my job status. Yeah. <laughs> forget the crime side of things. It's just that we're just too frightened to ride. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're just little scared, little scared babies. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode on the 421. Uh, don't forget, if you've got any interesting guests you can think of, shoot them our way. Um, otherwise, that's us for another week. Who have we got coming up? So, pretty interesting guest next time. We have sex therapist and sexologist Dr. Patricia Wirakun having a chat. That's uh, so a pretty interesting episode. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, don't forget, guys, to get us at the 421 at spch.org.au. Uh, otherwise, Instagram or Twitter at the 421 podcast. Take care. See ya. Gotta look this world in the eye. I gotta live this life.